Wait. So, all charges are dropped. We won. You won. All charges are dropped. Mr. Brewster, here, let me get those cuffs off. You ah. are free to go. And I'm really in no place to ask this, but I have one request. Okay, go ahead. I'm convinced that you're not the killer, nor did you have any connection to that crime. However, the real killer thinks they successfully managed to have this crime pinned on you, and that you are going to take that fall. I'm almost positive now I know who the real murderer is. And for the moment, we have the element of surprise. I intend to lay and spring a trap this evening, catching that killer. But to do that, I need to maintain the element of surprise. And to keep that, I need to... I need to ask you to please help and stay here one more day. I, I need a moment with my client. Go right ahead. I'll stand over there. Deputy Marshal. All right. First, I noticed you dropped the charges and let my client know he could walk out of here before you asked for the favor. You could have easily bargained for that favor. And by law, you could still hold Mr. Brewster here for another 24 hours without charging him. Yes, but I don't intend to perform an act I know is wrong to achieve a result I know is correct. That's just not who I am. And I will remember that, Javert. My client agrees to help your investigation and the facade of still being under arrest, but with caveats. Okay, I'm open to it. What are they? Even if there is no current reward money, the Marshal's office will redirect some of those forfeiture earnings to a reward fund, say, 50,000 US. That reward will be wired to David's daughter in Alamogordo. Um, 50,000. Uh, it might take a day or two, but yes, I'm, I'm reasonably sure that can be arranged. Good. Also, he wants a formal public apology, as well as acknowledgement for his assistance to you in this investigation. He also wants the declaration in writing to go to his daughter alongside the money. Uh, Deputy Marshal, you have to understand, I, I just want to show my daughter that it's possible to turn your life around. Well, me turning my life around. And uh, maybe then she'll know that I'm not the same man she knew growing up. Certainly. It's the least I could do. And uh, I do kind of owe you. Not just for hanging out in here for another day, but for thinking you were automatically guilty. And also, said Franklin Freeman. Wait, I, I didn't ask for that. Mr. Brewster, I'm a big enough man to admit when I am wrong. And in this instance, uh, I'm ashamed to say it, but I was very wrong about you and your motivations. And, uh, well, 
I don't expect you to accept it, but for what it's worth, I am very sorry, sir. All right, we're willing to negotiate. Perhaps just scratch off the Latin writing on the front of the access panel, and I'll free myself. I'll shake your hand, deputy. I'm too old to be holding grudges. Don't have many days left, and those that I do, I don't, I don't want to do anything but do good for people. I don't want to hold on anything negative. So yes, sir, I'll accept that apology. I appreciate that very much, Mr. Brewster. Am I still speaking English? I didn't revert to Lilim all of a sudden, did I? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely Lilim. Franklin. Franklin. Listen. I, uh... I don't know how to repay you for your services. I really, I really don't. I just can't do that, son. It's, it's just simply not in the cards. This is why demons don't do good. <sighs> Can I at least get that Netflix thing people are talking about when they forget I'm in here? You know, to start? Boy, that I can do. I'll show you how to download on your phone, and I can point you to a couple of good shows that are really good. Start with season one. You. You got him the phone. Why didn't it occur to me? Of course, Miss Crowninger got him the phone, right? Wait a minute. How is he charging it? Demon. Demon. Okay. He be the air quality too, not just the water. <sighs> David, can I get anything brought down to you? Magazines, a laptop, deck of cards. If this all goes well, the way I'm hoping, I expect to have you out of here in less than 12 hours. Well, I'm good as is, Deputy Marshal. I wish you good hunting, Mr. Marlowe. So that, in a nutshell, is where we stand. You were pretty sure about that last one. You positive that- They're the one, Charlie. I bet my badge on it. Once I dug around a bit, alibis fell apart. Abnormalities in the background stood out even more. And then there was the aptitude report in the NSF files. That was the clincher. Hang on, Charlie. Uh, now the sensitive stuff is done with, I'm gonna step back in the VMF bay door. Okay. I won't have a line of sight to the satellite, but at least you should be able to hear me clearly. Night and day better. Those sat phones, great thing. But having to go outside to get a sat signal is a pain in the ass. So, when you plan to spring the trap? Next flight back to McMurdo leaves at 1630. It's only going to have one pasture from the original 43 winter overs and mostly waste and equipment being flown out. The bulk of the staff won't start leaving until 48 hours from now. I've already let everybody know that we feel we have our killer, putting the real person at ease. Uh, I shouldn't be talking about this inside, Charlie. No problem, old. So, I heard from the Office of Polar Projects inside the NSF. They officially petitioned Washington for a full deputy marshal to be assigned to Antarctica with jurisdiction over McMurdo, Palmer, and Amundsen Scott. As I suspected, they're asking for you, specifically. Didn't you mention there was an internal NSF disagreement over this decision? From what I know, there still is. However, the voices that want you are louder and have more clout than those that are not in favor. 
When you check your email next, you'll see the official transfer papers. I've already signed and dated it. All that's needed is your signature and a scan to the DC head office. You still inclined to reject? Are you giving me the choice? Typically we get reassigned, we go. And if it were Tallahassee we're talking about, or a marshal other than me, you wouldn't have that choice. But we're talking about Antarctica, boy. A little bit different situation than Tallahassee. So, you gonna accept or not? Tell NSF I'm not rejecting outright, but I'll need a week or two for consideration. Like you said, not exactly Tallahassee. I'll let Panchinotin know. Head of NSF. The offer came directly from his office. Nice guy, by the way. Hell of a golfer, Bass. He said if you wanted, they'd fly you to Virginia so they can make their pitch to you in person. It seems that's how much they like you. I know you have an insane amount of unused vacation piled up. They want to consider going. My game's been diminishing the whole time I've been down here. Not much opportunity to tee up in minus 50 with 45 mile per hour winds. Well then, first week you're back on the island, a round and lunch at the club are on me. Seriously, Bass, think about their offer. If you say yes, they get you back down there start after this winter season ends. Not saying it'll be a plum assignment, but the first full deputy marshal assigned to Antarctica, that's making history. I'll take you up on the country club, Charlie. As to their offer, I need to have a conversation down here before giving it much more thought. I think I understand, and I hope, uh, hope that conversation goes well. I still have things to set in motion down here to get our person. I should be sending you an update by this time tomorrow with good news. Otherwise, I may get stuck down here for the winter while the investigation goes on. Just keep your nose on that grindstone. Talk to you in 24, Charlie. Bass. if she's no longer a person of interest. Well, well then you have my blessings, son. But you're still a donkey brain fool who should have known better. Appreciate that, Charlie. A lot. I have work to do and not a lot of time. That's my boy. Recording started. is Echo Base. Over. Yeah, not doing that. I'm in position, berth A1205. That's a negative copy there, Rogue 2. Negative copy. Please use appropriate call signs. Over. You know I have the authority to subpoena your browser history, yeah? Oh, come on, Deputy Marshal. This is exciting. We're going undercover, setting an ambush. Waiting for the bad guy. Whoa! Chris! I expect better than that from you, sir. Don't be sexist or genderist. Bad guy. Bad guy. It could be a girl. It could be a non-binary bad person. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Tell you what. Number one, generous is not even a word, but 
Fine. You're right, Em. The bad person. Happy? Yes, representation matters. Are you too sure this will work? Run me through this again. How about some mouth noises? Hey, we did this last time and you thought it was fun. Don't pretend that now it's not appropriate to play. <sighs> anyway, it will work, and here's why. Once you told us the initial plan, M went to Dr. McKendrick and got hold of her laptop two days before she shipped out. And he slipped it in a little Zerfe RFID plate inside the unit and put it back together. She never knew we installed it. Kind of like the real ladies, huh there, M? And the laptop was given back to her quickly. Zerfe plate? Internal tracking device. Oh, okay, go on. So, this morning she stopped by IT, dropped off her laptop and radio, said her goodbyes, mostly to me, not to M. We left them on the counter like we usually do. A few hours later, oh, her computer had been swapped out with an another identical one, just like you said would happen. Simply a guess. How will you know when the laptop with the RFID tag is in the room? See over there on the wall, to the right of the door, the grayish box that says Sargas? Gray? That's a completely more silver than gray, Chris. Get your eyes checked. Oh my god, okay. Fine! That's an RFID reader. As soon as a laptop comes within 20 feet, we have monitors here that will start to light up. Once they connect to the data port, M will confirm they're transmitting, and you'll have your killer, your treasonistic spy, and an attempted cop killer all in one! I know Bass can't hear me right now, but tell him that that son of a bitch did not remove the hard drive without adequately ejecting it first. Get him! Good God, M. Economy of scale. Kinda down there in the list of charges, huh? I mean, I did mention murder, and you're talking about proper ejection of hard drives. Alright guys, great work. And Mr. Waters, loud and clear. I'm gonna lower the volume on the phone here since the room is supposed to be empty, but let's keep the line open. And now we wait. Oh, huh, oh dear. Uh, what's that oh hum, uh, hum, oh dear thing? What's that? Um, it's just, you ever think that every single episode of Scooby-Doo, the actual show, not the Scrappy-Doo abomination from the 80s, that when the gang was ready and laid out the trap to catch the bad guy like we are now, they described how the trap would work like we just did. Gentlemen. No, 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 Deputy. Think about it. They described the trap. And almost every time, something would go wrong, and the trap wouldn't work like intended. They'd still get the bad guy, but not in an intended way. So, you're saying what then? Well, have we just doomed the plan to fail by outlining it? <gasps> A predestination paradox? Exactamundo, my friend. No. No, wait. That... That can't work. Oh, okay. Here we go, Mr. Spock. Enlighten us, please. Gentlemen, please feel free to discuss this while we wait. I thought ahead, brought me a deck of cards along. Just gonna play some solitaire. But trust me, I'm all, uh, Vulcaneers listening to your Trekkie talk. <gasps> Tricker! Oh, Trekkie is a slur, Deputy Marshal. Have respect for the Holy Trinity. 
Run, Mary, the Majel and the Son. You must first accept that we live in a deterministic universe. The initial state of the universe and laws of nature together determine everything that will happen. Next. Where I feel your spacing out is, Chris, Here is when go. when Freddy is explaining the ghost trap, it assumes that determinism implies predictability. But that's At least obvious. when the laws... No, it's only obvious when the laws and conditions are provided beforehand. Which I'm sure they did on an animated show. If we know anything about the predetermination paradox, and Turing's paper on computable numbers. I'm sure the people at Hannibal Barra considered Turing's paper. They should have, honestly. We're gonna put this in front of children without it? Now, if they had looked at Turing's paper on computable numbers, all would be proved that the halting problem is completely undecided. Yahtzee! Oh, we got a hit! Oh, we sure did! Deputy Marshal! Deputy Marshal Bass! I'm up! I'm up! What's going on? Shh, shh! Deputy, the detector went off. They're in range! Okay, uh, let me know when they try to start uploading the file. Keep it in your holster. You gotta wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Boom! Goes to dynamite! Download and process from Dr. McKendrick's laptop and her port. Book them, Dano. Hawaii Five-O. Here we go. U.S. Marshals, hands on your head and stand down. Now go ahead and turn around slowly. I said hands on your head, not in the air, Mr. Nichols. Deputy Marshal, this is a colossal misunderstanding. I have something here that will explain everything. Now, you need to listen to me carefully, Mr. Nichols. Those hands need to be moving up to your head, not whatever you're reaching for behind you. I'm going to say this one last time, and whatever happens next, that's your decision, and the outcome will also be based on what you do. If you make a sudden move, I'll shoot you. You try to rush me, I'll shoot you. You sneeze or fart right now, I'll shoot you. The way I see it, you have two options. Option one, you put your hands on your head, I handcuff you, and we go talk and find out what's going on. Option two, you continue reaching for whatever that is behind you, and as a divine wind-dancing caribou spirit, as my witness, I will put a round through your heart. That's it, Josh. That's my spiel. The choice is now yours. Good choice, Mr. Nichols. Now, my gun will be trained onto you until both handcuffs clamp down. Option two is still on the table until that time. Oh, and that was just so the Attorney General investigators, who will be investigating your homicide, hear me make that clear to you on this body cam footage and will absolve me of having to shoot you. Another good choice, Mr. Nichols. I'm placing you under arrest for the murder of Dr. Mark Rodney. Attempted murder of a federal officer. Attempted treason against the United States of America. Oh, and 
looky here in the back waistband. Hmm. This is a rather ominous looking knife that exactly matches the kind of homemade murder weapon that killed Dr. Rodney. So that's what you're reaching for. Well, I guess we'll just have to add concealed weapon charges later. All right, Mr. Nichols, need you to listen up. <clears throat> you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney. If you can't afford an attorney... Everything good, long man? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I just can't get a hold of Chur... I can't get a hold of my boss. Want to tell him that Nichols is making a full confession and the case is more or less solved. That unusual? No. No. Not too much. It's 23.30 now, which means it's 1.30 in the morning yesterday in Honolulu. He's probably asleep. I'll catch up with him tomorrow morning. The cage working out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's in there. He's, uh... He's acting all weird, though. Even weirder for a beaker. Well, since he's willing to offer a full written and vocal confession, I don't think this will take too long. I'm sure word is around the station by now. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Wainwright isn't already planning my flight out. Yeah. Does he know you've been offered a full-time gig here yet? Not sure. If he does, he hasn't mentioned it to me. He was more interested in having the remaining staff that should have departed ready to be sent back home. So, you decided yet? First things first. I need to put this investigation to bed, and then I can have the necessary conversation. Okay? Say, man, you never told me. What was it in the sauna last night that showed you that Josh was the killer? Josh said he was in the sauna from 10 to 10.30 the night Dr. Rodney was murdered. You had mentioned to me that you took the sauna offline the entire night until late for preventative maintenance. Ergo, he was lying. Yeah, but, but what if he just remembered it wrong? Got the wrong night he was there, so I thought about that too. So, I took another look at his NSF aptitude test and reports. Kit has an eidetic memory, what we call photographic. He can remember everything he sees or does in vivid and incredible detail. There is no way he could have been mistaken on where he was or what he was doing. I'm betting he wasn't aware the maintenance was being done on the mechanical room feeding the sauna that night. Oh man, we weren't supposed to do the PMs on those units until the week after. Remember I told you after poker game we decided to do them ahead of time to get ahead? No, Punk must have got to look at the repair roster schedule but didn't see that on the list because we decided to do it off the record. That's it exactly. That's when I knew he was the killer. Only thing left I needed was to find him in the act of trying to send the data to his Chinese buddies. Okay, Zeke. I've got a confession to gather, so I'll catch up with you later, okay? Cool, man. Good luck.
This is U.S. Deputy Marshal Bass Marlow. Mark Rodney Homicide Investigation, 5th of February, 2022, 2340 hours. Third interview of Josh Nichols, currently under arrest for the homicide and other associated charges. Mr. Nichols, for the record, can you confirm you have been read your legal rights, also known as the Miranda rights? Yes. Mr. Nichols, for the record, can you confirm you have waived all your legal rights? Yes. Mr. Nichols, for the record, you give this statement freely and nobody has harmed or persuaded you to give this statement. Yes, already. Now, can we please get on with it? I have many things to do. All right. Simply then, Mr. Nichols, on the evening of April 1st, 2021, did you murder Dr. Mark Rodney? Yes. How did you murder him? I hit him across the head with a paperweight. That paperweight you will find in my berth. Although I cleaned the blood off it, I imagine my fingerprints are the only ones left on it. After he dropped to the floor, I stabbed him with a knife that I forged over the course of two weeks the machine room made it extra special for him I stabbed him again and again and again and again I get it may I ask why you murdered Dr. Rodney oh several reasons really he was an ass he was obnoxious he discovered my work in proving the existence of cold dark matter and solving the missing dwarf galaxy issue. Also my attempts to trade it to Beijing. So he threatened to expose you and you killed him. He tried to blackmail me, told me to finish my work and hand it over so he could get the credit. The man was so arrogant and short-sighted that he didn't see the work was already done nor that I had hacked his secret accounts and was using his own money to pay him off. He was blackmailing himself. Uh-huh. Why the Chinese? Why not publish the work itself and take credit? You've gotten the Nobel, probably any number of other awards and notoriety. I don't care about notoriety, money, or prestige. No, Deputy Marshal. My true motivation... Well, I'll keep that to myself for now. Suffice to say, it was fun eluding you. Eluding me? How so? Dispense with the games, Deputy Marshal. My IQ has been tested, and depending on which method you ascribe to, it's between 220 and 240. I'm leaning on 240 myself. I'm probably more familiar with the read interrogation technique and verbal and nonverbal cues than you are. With a little practice, you can control your breathing, your pupil dilation and perspiration. It's really not that hard. That coupled with you being ambidextrous. <sighs> Let me save you the trouble. Yes, Deputy Marshal, I fully and freely confess to attempting to murder you as well. Yes, Deputy Marshal, I fully and freely admit to trying to trade secrets to the People's Republic. I am guilty. Now, if you will please excuse me. Uh, Deputy Marshal, a moment. What is it, Franklin? Uh, he smells. That, I mean, he, he smells wrong, uh, different. 
different, wrong. What do you mean exactly? Oh, don't take this personally, but all you humans have a similar smell. The sin heightens it, but the, uh, I guess to describe it is base smell is the same. The base smell. Okay, so I understand you. Is it like, like steak smells like steak, but different cuts and sauces can change that smell? Not it, it well, similar, I guess. He's not possessed, nor touched by the divine. <laughs> Those are very different smells. This... This is... You. <laughs> you is something I haven't seen or smelled in several millennia. <laughs> to use your analogy, he is human, but pork, not beef. He smells wrong. Wrong pork smell. Got it. Well, this is all incredibly yes, fascinating, exactly. Franklin, and I'm glad you're smelling new things. You're welcome. But if you'll excuse me, I have a mountain of paperwork and a prisoner transport to arrange. No, no, Operator. U.S. Marshal's Office, Honolulu. They're located in the Prince Coheo Federal Building. 808-541-3000. Charles Goodwin. Yes, sir. That's the number we've been trying. The line is simply not connecting. You mean like they're all busy at the same time at once? It's not that uncommon, sir. Sometimes solar flares can disrupt normal satellite communications. That's fine. I'll... Thank you, Operator. I'll try again in a few hours. Come in. Oh, Shug. Oh, I'm so sorry. Miss June, what's the matter? <laughs> is is everything okay? Are are you okay? Oh, darling. We just got this in on the main NSF line to the station. It's from your marshal friends. Thank you, uh, Miss June. I'll, uh, I'll need a minute, please. Bless your heart. You take all the time you need, Shug. He's down, man. You won't hurt yourself. Come on, man. Whoa, don't swing on me. Hey, kill him. Come on, man. Fucking kill him. He's down. Bass. He's down, man. You'll be okay. We'll figure this out. 
Calm down. They killed him. I can't believe it. They would fucking kill him. Who, Bass? Who got killed? They killed him. Charlie. He's my father-in-law. Killed him. He's my last connection to my wife. Killed him. And they're gonna pray. This has been 90 Degrees South. On behalf of the cast and crew, I'd like to thank you for listening. If you liked the episode and are enjoying the series, please remember to give us a like, a share, a tweet, send a raven, or review on iTunes, Audioboom, or your favorite podcast site. It helps us to get the word out and keeps the cold at bay. Until next time. This has been a BMB production.